Oh, wow. We're back. Episode two, Keelan. Mm -hmm. How are you feeling this week after more increases to the mortgage rates? Uh, to be honest, Anthony, I am not the happiest guy out there. Um, Has anyone? No. I, well, I mean, first time buyers. First time buyers should probably be looking a little on the happier side to this. Uh, investors, not so much. They'll be feeling the hurt in their pockets right now. What is it at the moment? Uh, so, for example, the, the test rates uh, among two of the major uh, main banks in New Zealand, we're talking ASB and ANZ, have just jumped up to being between 7.15 and 7.35. Uh, now, that's not the actual rates that they're offering out to the public, but it is the rates that they're testing people against being able to service. So it starts to make affording a mortgage a lot harder. So how that works is, is that at the point of you applying to get a mortgage, they run you through a calculator, which essentially figures out how much money and how much they can lend you without you going bust. Because um, it's like the number one duty in New Zealand is to make sure that anytime somebody lends you money, that they know that you're going to be able to afford to repay it without suffering financially. So at the moment, for a hundred thousand dollar mortgage, for example, they're testing you at around seven and a half percent. So let's let's think about that a little bit more. At the moment, a one hundred thousand dollar loan, seven seven point let's say seven point one five, um, and you've got a thirty year term. At the moment, the bank is testing that you can be able to afford $156 per week. But realistically, at the moment, we're only sitting at around 5, 5.4. So the bank's only expecting you to be able to pay 129. That doesn't seem like much when you're talking about only $100,000, but when you're talking millions or you know even six, $700,000, it really starts to make a difference. Yeah, so does that mean, um people out there will get less for their loans. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Because the way the banks are gonna look at you now is that you can't afford as much mortgage as before. Yeah. Not without, you know, putting yourself into financial stress. Yeah, yeah. So it doesn't look that great. But hey, house prices are on the decline at the moment. Oh, Things... we're cool. cooling off, cooling off. Yeah, yeah. Things are looking okay. <laughs> okay, but not the best, obviously. Yeah. So yeah, welcome back everybody to another episode of Keeping Your House Warm, where we talk about New Zealand's property market and everything that's going around, especially these test rates these days, it's scaring a few people. Uh, about a year ago, the house prices were scaring a few people, and now it's the interest rates. So in any, in any season, people are always going to be scared. The things we talk about on the show is, you know, some good stuff, some bad stuff. Uh, but we try to, you know, find some pretty outrageous, crazy stories that people... <laughs> well, it'll be hard to believe. And the first one, actually, today is a tiny little section in Wellington. When I say tiny, I mean it's about six meters wide. <laughs> and it's a pretty long piece of land. Uh, it's basically on an incline, and it honestly just looks like a driveway. So the original owner bought this house for around 240,000 um, a few yeah, they, years ago. They didn't pay much. Yeah, so basically it's, it's sitting between two other houses that's worth over $1 million. So the, I think the hopes for this tiny little section was to build a terrace house style where it's just gonna be, you know, lengthways to the property. Cause really you can only fit yeah, a long looking house. You can't fit a wide house. Don't expect a big lounge in this one. You're looking at something super long. Yeah, yeah. It just, it kind of reminds me of a high density 
you know, that type of house you, you'd find in like Tokyo or something like that. Because, yeah. yeah, yeah. And yeah. I was thinking about this before. Um, there is that house out in um, the UK where it's famously known as just being super narrow, but incredibly long. And I think it's even narrower than this. I think it only measures about three or four meters wide, but it goes back for like 200 and there's like 12 apartments, I think, in it. Wow. That's probably so, enough for like two people to walk through at a time at a time yep but in this case uh yeah it looks like down in wellington somebody's trying <laughs> to sell a piece of land with that same kind of dream and i think if you are a type of person that doesn't require a lot of space this might be a good little spot because i think the rv at the moment for this uh site is around four hundred thousand dollars which is double the the purchase price back in you know however many years ago it was mm. but for now i'm not sure it's a pretty boutique -y type of land. I, I would say it's yeah, very boutique. -y. And I mean, even looking at it, I, I think the, I mean, like you said, the only way to describe this place is a driveway. It, it even looks like vehicles have been going up and down it as well. So it looks like somebody just went, yep, cool. I don't need this driveway anymore to get to my house. So uh, let's go sell it off. I, I mean, I can't imagine myself building, I mean, I'm not an architect, but you know, if an architect can make this thing work, I think it would look really, really cool. And there has been um, some concept plans to how this house would look like on this on this piece of land. But again, it's it's a pretty hard it's a pretty hard case because you are you'd have to put all the servicing underneath it first, right? Because you can't really connect it to anywhere else. Well, I mean, the other thing, uh, if we're looking construction standards and resource consent requirements, I do believe that you do need to have a minimum of two meters either side from the perimeter of your property. Yeah, so it'll be right bang in the middle. Yep, so I mean, if this thing's only six meters wide and you have to leave two meters from a side, you got two meters left. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's nothing to say you can't push out to the whole six, but you have to get resource consent to do mm. that. And that's just gonna, that's just gonna start chucking up your prices way beyond that. But it's an interesting house. Uh, it's an interesting, oh, sorry, interesting house plan. I mean, it's a, it looks like a really nice little section. Uh, and I mean, for those out there who haven't got the best budgets and they're looking for a cheap central place to build, mm. uh, I mean, I guess this ticks all your boxes, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. And it, it'll be, you'll be one of the most unique houses or properties on that street. I mean, if you have a look at the photos from the listing, you can see you've got these two great big behemoths either side, which look to be these three-story uh, original style builds. And even at the back, there's some newer, larger developments. So you'd be the talk of the town with the skinniest house on the block. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which, which wouldn't be that bad. Wouldn't be that bad. Yeah. I mean, you've got some nice views to go with it, but... I mean, I feel mm. like we're selling that. We're trying to sell a Yeah, we're not trying to sell the house. Yeah, I also yeah. don't want to buy the house. Yeah, um, just make it clear we don't get compensated at all from this. Yeah, no, we don't get <laughs> We're not paid. We're not real estate agents. No. We're, 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 just, we're just pointing out an interesting house. Mm. <laughs> but I mean, you've still got uh, another two weeks if you're quite interested in this section. Yeah, so the 19th of May is the closing. So if you are listening... Check it out. Um, so you can find the article on stuff.co.nz. Oh, I mean, if you search up the article heading section, the size of a driveway for sale in coveted capital suburb, makes it sound like this amazing place to live. But yeah, so I mean, it sounds like uh, if you're looking for that rare slice of uh, Wellington housing, this may be it for you. That's the way it seems to be going with everything in the market at the moment. Um, you know, everyone, like we said at the start, you know, house prices seem to be cooling, but at the same time, people are trying to get every slice out of their house that they can to then sell off because people, as much as everything is going on, 
they're still interested. Yeah, yeah, definitely. The demand is still there. It's, it's still quite high. And even with interest rates going up, I think house price is going down as well. It's still a pretty good time to buy something. And mm. like we said at the start, if you're a first home buyer, the test rate is it's not really going to affect you too much. No, it's not going to affect you as much as, say, somebody who's got a, a five or six portfolio. Yeah. And I mean, you raise a good point there. You need to, it's always going to be the case that house prices are really expensive and interest rates are really cheap or interest rates are really cheap, but the house prices are really expensive. So really what's good and what's bad, which one are you going to choose and which one are you going to wait for? Uh, for me, if I have the money now, I probably wouldn't wait. Uh, yeah, and, and I think it really comes down to what you want to do. Do you want to save money on your house? Do you want to save on how much you actually spend on buying the house? Or would you rather pay, wait for the interest rates to drop and then try and lock something in for a longer term. And that's always gonna be the case. It is forever gonna be the case. You're never mm. gonna see high interest rates and high house prices because majority of people that own houses have got a loan. So they're not gonna be able to keep affording to buy houses and mm. they're not gonna to want to keep demanding. And it's the same for low interest rates and low houses because if everybody can get a loan really cheaply, why on earth would somebody not want to sell it for more? But yeah, like, you know, if you look back to November, December, that was all that people were saying. House prices are too expensive. We can't afford this. How can we afford to pay this much money? But now that's all that conversation's gone. And now we're left with how are we supposed to afford these mortgages? Yeah, how can we pay this every fortnight? <laughs> yeah. So you're always going to have that case, right? And you just, yeah. you need to make that decision for yourself. Mm. Do you save money on buying the house or do you save your money on your interest? Mm. There's a great article from stuff actually and there's a little graphic that says um in february 2022 a company called core logic is new zealand's largest uh information for uh, property valuations and sites so the banks use that system as well uh and most mortgage advisors will use that system as well so essentially in this graph that says um, a fortnightly uh, mortgage repayment on average around right now is around 1300 dollars. so that's around 650 bucks a week? It's not. Yeah, yeah you're probably about there. Yep. Mm. Yeah, which is, again, really affordable, especially in Auckland. Yeah, and, and like that's just it, right? It's that back then it was really affordable. It was still really easy to take care of your mortgage. But but nowadays, it's it's the reverse. So it's cheaper. If you've got the cash, you can come up and buy a house more easily, but you still have to come up with the money from the mortgage. And that's that balance. It's always going to be that case. You're always going to have to find that balance. Yeah. And so nowadays, you know, the, the common or the sentiment that's out there is that house prices have dropped. People have slowed down on buying properties. So now we've started to turn everything into what's called a buyer's market. And I think we mentioned this last week as yeah. well. Being, being a buyer's market, meaning that the number of people who are out there buying houses has dropped so that those who are still interested have got the control. People buying have got the control, whereas those selling are now having to settle for less. Yeah, so you do have more bargaining power at the moment, and I guess you can haggle a bit more. I'm yep. seeing a lot more auctions get passed, or, get passed or um, now I'm seeing on, on TradeMe most recently, um, it used to be all auctions, but now it's um, by negotiation. Mm, yep, because um, for, and I mean, I've been working with a couple of people who have got that same kind of issue going on is that 
sellers have still got really high expectations. Yeah. They've still got some really high thoughts on their house being worth what it was, you know, five, six months ago. Um, and that will take a while yeah. to, to, to turn around to people to actually start to realize, ah, damn, I've missed it. <laughs> so, because I've seen I've seen two or three houses now where where their the owners are asking 1.4, 1.5 million for these houses, and when you know you got to look up their valuations or try to dig up some kind of information on them, in most cases they're only sitting around that 1.1 to 1.2 mark, and that's the lit. It's it's the bleed on from last year. It's that people are still thinking, "Yep, cool, my house is still. It was just worth 1.5. Mm. That's it." I'm not, I'm not stepping away from that. But because the lending environment changes immediately and people trying to sell a house still take a little bit more to adjust, um, it takes a little while for it to really start to be seeing in the market. I did read an article a week ago where it was a statistics in um, Hamilton. I think it was around March. Mm. There were at least 30, 30 around the 30 mark um, houses on sale. And for that month, only 12 sold. So that's a pretty clear indication on how many people want to buy a house. Well, Not I'm many. sure every, everybody wants to buy a house. Nobody, it's just that it's difficult to otherwise afford yeah, it or get the right. money, yeah. right? Like demand is always going to be there. It's mm. just trying to come up with the money. But like, you know, like you said, if only 12 now sold in a month in all of Hamilton, or yeah, most of Hamilton, right? Yeah. And if you look back, five, six months, that was a completely different story. I reckon it would have been like 99% of those houses, you know, 29 out of 30, for example, all sold. It's insane now that that this is how quickly we've turned around. Yeah, it's only a year. Only a year. And we've gone from being entirely in control um, as far as, you know, low interest rates, booming property prices, and, you know, consistent turnovers. I think across Auckland, um, a general a listing would go up and it'd be sold within 30 days. Mm. But nowadays, it's sitting closer to 45 to 60. So it's taking twice as long now for houses to sell. Yeah, yeah. Just coming back to um, what you mentioned before, how a lot of uh, sellers are still wanting that sort of high price, same as last year's prices. Yeah. There is one story here I'm reading on stuff again, where a house in Drury, which is just out of um, south of Auckland, mm-hmm. went to auction and the final bid went to 4.7 million. So that's a record price for something around jury. The property itself is quite large, so I guess it'll be worth that much. But on the very last minute, the developer decided to ask for a $500,000 discount. Oh. Um, with, I, I don't know what. That. Yeah, so terrible. he probably had his own reasons or whatnot, but are they allowed to do that? Legally, well, I mean, anybody can ask. You can always ask for something, whether or not they give it to oh, you. Oh, but this, this guy is saying that if he doesn't get the fi- uh, half a mil discount, he won't pay. Oh, yeah. Now, that's, that's not, yeah, that's not on. That's, um, yeah, once again, I don't think it's technically illegal, mm. but it's also not I'd say ethical. Yeah. It's not ethical. It's not good. He committed to be paying, yeah, a four point four point oh seven. Yeah. Yeah, four point oh seven million dollars. So four million and seventy thousand for this property. And then come right before settlement, um, he goes, Nah, if you don't give me the discount, I'm not gonna be able to buy yeah. this. And I think I read that it, his excuse was that his brother's property burnt down and that was gonna be used as security. <laughs> I, I don't know whether or not that's actually true or not. But that seems a little 
ridiculous. It seems it, it seems a little far fetched. It's a bit sus. To yeah, be it's yeah. a bit far fetched for an excuse. Really, your brother's property burnt down. Yeah. But for like you know, and it was on Manurewa property. I don't know how many listings out there are over a million dollars. But this property would have needed to have been very expensive mm. to be able to come up with four million from it. Yeah, he did sign on for a unrefundable five percent deposit, but even that that isn't really much to go on. And the um, the owners of this house, obviously, they were really excited because you know four million dollars for a house. Yeah, hell yeah, I'd take you know, four million. That's for essentially a, a retirement plan. Yeah, you sort of. Um, but now this emotional baggage is on them, and they they either do the five hundred thousand dollar discount or. Well, Go again. I did see that they um, they did actually come to a resolution where um, he agreed to, because essentially what it was was that the, the $4 million was actually by two titles or two different sections that yep. they both owned. So what he did was he agreed to pay, I think, a little over $2 million for one section plus a little extra to essentially secure the, the other section for himself. So he's got he's got like two settlements here. He's paid for one and he's got one on time. And then the other one he's going to be paying and settling for um, at the end of this year. So basically, because I think another factor was was that the current owners were looking at buying another property and they were going to use the proceeds from that to be able to fund that. Yeah. So they were stressed out because they're like, oh, well, where are we going to come up with the rest of the money? So they came to a bit of a compromise where he's still going to end up paying the full, full mill, but it's going to take him like at least another six months. And I think this has probably been a bit of a problem, which we've seen with a couple of other developers as well, is that they've kind of overstretched themselves. They've, they've really pushed themselves to the limit to, to take advantage of the market as it was, which is great. I mean, any investor who you know takes his time and is considerate would be able to do that. But I think in this case, these guys really pushed themselves to the limit and they kind of went over their budgets. Yeah, we kind of touched on this last week as well, where um, where yeah, a where a few other developments have also crashed and burnt because they they have overreached, and I think only because nobody's buying the houses on yeah. the site. Well, yeah, because they're still asking these full prices yeah. to cover the you know the costs of construction and everything else, and so when it comes to it, they end up taking a loss. Um, and I think this falls back on another another point, um, which I've seen kicking around in the news recently, is is that a lot of building companies are starting to lose out on their projects that they get hired for. Like they're actually um, ending up in a loss position because the materials are getting so expensive, but they sign these fixed price contracts to go in on them. Um, and the problem with the fixed price contract, albeit really good to make sure that from a from a person you know who's signing on to one, you can make sure your builder's going to pay. Hey, look, you said you're going to cost me six hundred thousand to do this build, mm. so I'm going to pay you six hundred thousand. From the builder, though, the problem is is that the minute that build goes over six hundred thousand dollars, and the person that you signed on with decides, well, no, just goes, no, I'm not paying you this. You, you agreed to six hundred. You have to fork out the rest of that money out of your pocket, yeah. and that eats into your proper profit margin. So it means it's harder for you to pay for your for your tradies. It's harder for you to pay for all your 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 sparkies and electricians. So you know you start to end up making losses on these builds that you signed on 12, 13 months ago, because nowadays the prices are so expensive to to cover all the costs. Mm. Um, and that feeds into to what the current what what a lot of um, what I've been hearing recently is that a lot of larger building companies are recommending that. Other other companies in their field abandon fixed price contracts 
in favor of just open term construction plans. Yeah, right. Well, what? they can only really give you an estimate of how much the house would cost and that's what you pay for. Yep. But they can still come back and say, hey, hang on, we yeah, need we, more money. We need more money. And then you don't have much of a choice because if you don't pay for it, you're not going to get your house finished. So that's essentially what a turnkey house is, right? So you're paying for the, the blueprint and then you're expecting it to be built yep. in that price range. But if they are wanting to change it to an open construction agreement, then it does mean, hey, here's your blueprint. It's going to cost estimated this 600, much. Yep. yep. And then it's we're not we're not going to guarantee how much it's going to cost at the end. Yep. No. It could they could turn around in a couple of weeks after you sign and go, oh, it's going to cost us more. Yeah. You have to pay us more, which is good for the builders. But now that puts the pressure back on the person who has entered into that contract, right? So it gets a lot more risky. And another thing is, I'm not entirely certain what the idea or how the banks are going to feel in that kind of that situation. Because up, yeah. in, up until now, it's been entirely based on fixed price contracts because they know exactly how much it's going to cost and they know exactly how much it's going to finish at. Yeah, exactly. So I guess if you are wanting to borrow money for your home loan, it's going to be a lot more risk to the banks. For in the, in the case of construction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So it's still, the standard, it's still a standard sales and purchase agreement when it comes to just buying an existing home. Mm. But if that starts to become the case where builders are stepping away from fixed price contracts, we, it's going to start, the banks are going to have to adapt to that somehow. And there's a lot Will they want to adapt? I don't think so. I don't think yeah. the banks are going to want to adapt. They like being safe. They like having their little safety net with a fixed price contract um, because then they can always go back to you and go, why do you want more money? It's nice to have money. Ah, it's nice to have money, but if the bank won't give it to you, where are you going to finish your house? Yeah, that is true. Otherwise, you buy an existing house. Focus on the old. Yeah, yep. build it up. I think that's that's a Kiwi way, you know, DIY. Yeah. Build your deck, repaint the walls, that kind of thing. Oh, yeah, I mean, like there's Bunnings and Mitre 10 out there. They got all those videos and it's just like, oh, yeah, there we go. Just go build your own deck or yeah. build your own kitchen. 10 easy steps, you know. A lot of what's going on at the moment is all very much... Um, in talks are up in the air. Nobody's really decided on anything, right? There's, it's all these talks about possible changes. Some of them may actually come to be, and you know, in some cases, that just may. We may just be hearing conversation about it, and that'll be gone next. Yeah, really, it's all talks and it's all plans. Man, Keelan, you're really good at segueing into the next topic. That's the reason why I invited him to the show. <laughs> no, <I'm> <laughs> I, won't, um, I won't take that personally. The next topic. It's a pretty big one. We yeah. made a video about this two weeks ago mm. with Auckland um, wanting to change their ruling around you know, uh, density and um, how many story houses you're allowed to build without consent. Mm. Now, that's, all, that's always been a big concern with, with how uh, Auckland is growing and yeah. it's going to be a lot more dense and a lot more people are coming in. Now, they've come up with this unitary plan where a lot of um, the changes will be turning old um, suburban areas into urban areas. Yes, yep, that is definitely the talks. So yeah, once again, this is all, just, just to make sure it's really clear to everybody out yep. there, this is only in talks. This is not finalized, it is not lamented, it's not on paper, it's not signed, it's not anything. It is purely talks. So obviously, yeah, Auckland's been booming over the last couple of years. Um, I think once again, there's a video out there where you can see uh, house price growth in Auckland, yeah. 
um, or, or across the world in the last 40 years across most of the major countries. And you just see New Zealand at the end of the line, end of the race, pulling right up to, I think it was like a 250% growth rate, um, which is insane. So obviously, as Auckland has gone from quite a relatively small city into, we're starting to get bigger and bigger, this unitary plan is looking at making some changes to it. So some of the big ones out there is looking at the suburban zoning and yeah. urban zoning. So up until now, you didn't need a resource consent if you were going to build a two-story house. If you were going to build something three stories or higher, you needed to get resource consent, which is separate from building consent. Building consent lets you build on the property. Resource consent ensures that the house is going to meet the existing resources in the area. And that's extra cost, right? Yeah, yeah. And it's more expensive. Yeah, certainly is. The resource consent can get very expensive depending on how big you're going. Um, and in this case, the proposed plan is to change the urban and suburban zones to let you build three stories without resource consent, which is really good for our smaller developers out there and some of the middle-sized developers because they are gonna be able to build houses and apartments cheaper than before, which is great. We can fit more houses into the same area too because we'll be able to accommodate more bedrooms into a three-story build. That's, a, that's actually a great point because we are really, um, with these plans, if, if it was to go ahead, um, it is going to fit more and more people closer to the city. And that's yes. where all the jobs are, and that's where the lifestyle yep. is, that's where the malls are and everything like that. Mm -hmm. But the funny thing is, the more people you chuck into the city, the more cars will be out there, or you know, public transport will have to catch up at some point. Yes, um, which, we, as we all know, in Auckland doesn't do all that well at the moment. At the not, moment, not, not, no. Not trying to crap no, on Auckland. I, I love this place. Yeah. But, you know, I've caught the bus many a times and taken the train every day, but... Uh, it's still a little behind. Yeah, just a, just a little bit. Just a little Not bit. Not too much. Just, just a side note, um, I live about a kilometer away from our head office at Finax. And I sometimes I take my car in and mm. sometimes it takes me 10 minutes to get home. I mean, that doesn't seem too bad, 10 minutes. But if you think about it, a kilometer, 10 minutes it's because of the traffic. By car. I'm a, <laughs> I may as well just walk. I should just be walking, you to be honest. You should just be walking. <laughs> You should, be, you should be doing that for your health more than yeah, anything. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but with these housing plans, um, maybe in the next 10 to 20 years, we'll, might turn out like London. What do you mean with British people and a big Ben? Or? No, I mean, in terms, of, um, in terms of housing, where everything is stuck next to each other, terrace style. Yep. Not a lot of backyard, front yard room. Not a lot of grass. Yeah, yeah. Grass. So you really, really have to sort of, if you do want that land, you might have to push out yes. and just face that commute. Mm -hmm. um, which seems like the reality. I think the best example for this to work and make it look nice and cool would be Hobsonville. Have mm -hmm. you been out to Hobsonville? Not particularly recently. Yeah, it's yep. sort of like west, around 30 to 40 minutes outside of the city. So it'll mm -hmm. take you that long to get into Auckland City if that's where you work. Mm -hmm. But so the area has been developed for over a few years now and it actually looks decent. And it's all... You seem so shocked at that. <laughs> I know, I know. The town plan for it was all just terrace houses, two stories and three stories. Mm, yep. And it looks really cool. Because, I mean, my my thought is that as we start to get really dense, if, if, if we don't have enough parking, if we don't have enough buses and trains, um, those roads are going to get really busy really yep. quickly. Because, I mean, um, I don't know 
uh, if you look around most of Auckland, but it's only single lanes each way. So we're going to have to start widening those roads very, very soon to be able to take in the fact that we are getting really busy. Um, and I mean, it's good for us builders. It's good for the builders. It's good for developers. But we just, if, if we go ahead with this unitary plan, we definitely need to get the roads and the public transport to match. Otherwise, it's going to be terrible. So the biggest downside of that is for emergency services. I have heard that the fire service, if they are fully blocked with double space parking mm. on one road and they cannot get through to the house that's on fire or an office that's an emergency, they just won't even try. What, they just sit there and accept it? Yeah, you can't go anywhere. So if both sides of a suburban road have two to three story apartments and let's say these apartments don't have car parking space, right? they'll have to park on the road. So you try and fit 12 households and each of their cars onto the main road, then yeah, of course it's gonna get blocked off. Do you think then it's, they should in their plans or in their consent forms or whatever, before you start building, you have to account for car park space? I think that definitely have to be the case. Um, I know a lot of, it depends on what type of funding you get, right? If you can get, um, if you have to get a loan, then then this is a necessary case. Um, but in most cases, um, for you to get a loan, whether it be second tier or not, they do require your building plans to include some kind of accommodation for cars, whether it be a garage or like off-street parking, it needs to include that. It's quite tough to have build plans done where it doesn't include car parking. Um, but the problem with that though, and I mean, it's quite prevalent if you look out in Flatbush, where I live, um, out there, every single house has got a garage and a car park. Problem being, there is like at least five to six adults in every single house. So right. you have five to six cars blocking up the street and the driveway. And that backs into exactly what you mentioned about the double parked. If both sides of the road are blocked, I know down my street in particular, it is very tough to drive down. It is turns into a single lane, one way, super easily. Um, and I'm not quite sure what how you can really compensate that. If you increase, say, the minimum car parks to two, that you need to have two car parks, that would maybe that might be able to help with things. But the only way that you could probably take care of that in the intercity is um, taking care of areas where there isn't any car park or any cars allowed. Um, I do believe that some suburb, suburbs overseas do have that kind of area where you just cars aren't allowed to come through. It's all just dropped, blocked off with um, walkways and seating. So it's not that you can actually drive down cars there at all. Um, but yeah, otherwise, I think we definitely need to have a better plan for dealing yeah. with the number of people. If you, if you have a think about it, most, if not all, of suburban streets in Auckland have that little patch of grass and then the road. So, I mean, if you're thinking, if you're logically thinking, just get rid of the grass. That'll widen the road. Yeah, but then who's going to give up their, 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 their land just for you to go then build your own drive or to, for the council to go uh, widen the driveway? At least back in the early 2000s, quite often when the government was pre preparing to extend the driveways to accommodate, you know, public buses and everything like that, they did actually start to take sections of people's land. Um, I think they paid for it. They, they did have to pay for it, and um, but it wasn't very much. But, you know, you, you would lose 
you know, that strip, maybe 10, 20, 30 square meters of land at the mm. front of your house and your house would literally, your, your land would literally just get shortened because the, the council would buy it off you and then prepare to widen the driveways. Um, so, I mean, if that's the case going forward, uh, we may start to lose sidewalks and our little patches of grass. Mm. And I think, I mean, this may or may not make it into the podcast, um, but I think also the council doesn't have money anymore. I don't know about you. That's what I've heard. Anyway, let's go. Let's just blow right past that. <laughs> right um, so this unitary plan, just in case you guys actually want your um, your, your say, and you, you do have a chance to feedback to them, uh, mm. just visit the Auckland Council website, find the unitary plan um, page, and then, you know, just say what you needed to say. Again, this is not concrete. It's, no, no, still, it's still 100% plans. in conversation. Still 100% in conversation. Yeah, they do want your say. Yeah, so please, yeah, go have your voice with them because um, I know for a lot of people, you know, you, you ain't going to want to be sharing your space uh, with 10, 15 houses right next door, triple storied, because you're going to lose all your sun. Um, so, yeah, please do have your say. You know, please let them know how you feel about this because that, that's what they want to hear. They mm. want to hear people's sentiment. Um, well, that's it, I think, for this week. Hmm. We talked about quite a few things. At the end of the day, it's always up to you. Mm. Um, whether or not you want to take these news on board, take it to heart and have a cry about it. But honestly, don't have a cry about it because it's always going to change and things are always going to be on the up. And if you are ready to buy that house, you know, go for it. Don't let the interest rate scare you or don't let the um, ever-changing property market scare you. Mm. Um, if, you knew, if you do need some guidance, you know, we, um, we do do that here at Finex. Just give us a call or mm. give us a message. You can find us um, on Lucia Zhao. .co.nz. Yeah, the, the market is the way it is at the moment. There isn't much more that you can do about it. Um, all you can do is take care of yourself, mm. take care of how you are going to be, not everybody else. Hey, you're watching um, Doctor Strange tonight? Yes, I'm, yeah. gonna, I'm gonna enjoy that. I'm isn't, gonna, it, isn't it nice that we're sort of somewhat back to normal? You can go out and watch movies. I like it. I like that in New Zealand, you do, I mean, I have to wear a mask, but that's about it. I don't have to shoot my vaccine passport. I don't have yeah. to do anything like that. I can just go out and go do as I please. It's yeah. great. Masks are bearable. Oh, they're easy. Half the time I forget they're even on my face. It's like glasses. You yeah. just forget. Well, cool. that's it. Hopefully your house is still warm. Thank you very much for listening today, guys. See ya. See ya. See ya.